Podcast HD3 Seattle, WBMX HD3 Boston, and on AOL Radio and Yahoo Launchcast. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now 248 545 Soul. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. Can hauntings be fun? Can ghosts be your friends? Can the paranormal take the term kindred spirits to a new level? Hello there, and welcome to the 292nd edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Those questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. And before we proceed this evening, we, this is, of course, in the United States, uh, anyway, Veterans Day weekend, and, or uh, the equivalent of Remembrance Day in, in Britain and the Commonwealth, and we wanted to, of course, uh, honor all those who have uh, given so much so that we can do this. I was particularly moved a number of years ago when we were, I happened to be in a barbershop with Ben's older brother, Jonathan, and, and, uh, I have always taught them to respect veterans. I'm, I'm a veteran myself. I didn't go through nearly what, what most others did. And there was a World War II veteran sitting there and, and my son stood up, went over and shook his hand and said, thank you for what you did. Okay. Oh. And, no, I'm no, sorry. And uh, no, the man had tears in his eyes, and and uh, it just it was a wonderful thing. So let's remember our veterans, uh, not only in, in the United States, but in Canada, the UK, uh, Australia, uh, all our gallant allies, and uh, hopefully we'll never have to fight again. Anyway, uh, our subject this evening is kindred spirits. That's a pun, of course, or the kindred spirits connection, as experienced by our remarkable guest, Dawn Yoon, is an accomplished journalist who has written for USA Today, USA Weekend, Parenting, Family Fun, Vegetarian Times, there you go, Ben, mm. uh, the San Francisco Chronicle, and other publications. Dawn has interviewed and written about some of the most celebrated inspirational and spiritual speakers, including James Redfield, Ram Das, Jack Cornfield, and Sylvia, uh, Sylvia Borstein, Borstein, I believe it's pronounced. I've also spoken about, I should say, uh, she has also spoken about kindred spirit connections at the Whole Life Expo, the Learning Annex, the Mama Monologues, and at religious organizations. She has even appeared on Oprah. The, the book is Kindred Spirit Connections. It's a sign, not a coincidence. And her website, Dawn Yoon, that's dawnyun, dot com. Dawn Yoon, welcome to Behind the Paranormal. Well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Okay, Ben, take it away. Great. Uh, we all know most. We all know what uh, most people mean by the term "kindred spirits." So, what do you mean by it? Well, a kindred spirit is someone who you connect with. It may be a long-term friendship, or it could be a passing one, and it could even be somebody who you don't know. But there is a connection there, and a kindred spirit connection. That's a kindred spirit, and then a kindred spirit connection. So, a kindred spirit involves life, kindred spirit connections involve the afterlife. So you have a connection with someone who has moved on. Okay, so you take it to the next step. Okay, good, man. All right, so um, what happened to you? Uh, what is your own experience with this? Well, I've had so many experiences, but what happened at the very beginning where, where this began is that um, I had a premonition that my mother would die. And I don't know if, if you guys do this, but um, I used to do this a lot more, whereas I might get a feeling about something that kind of catches my attention, but then I ignore it. Well, I ignored this, the sense that I had because I think it was just too odd. It was too overwhelming. Well, that night um, I woke up at just before 2 in the morning, and um, my mother had died. 
and she was in perfect health. There was nothing wrong with her, but she had died. And then I had received a phone call um, on the way to the funeral home from my aunt. Now, I loved my aunt, but I think most people who know her would agree that she was the crankiest human being ever. <laughs> she never As, <laughs> the most crankiest human being, Aunt Shirley. Uh, it was just Aunt Shirley. You loved her, and she was just your cranky aunt. Everybody has one. And... Um, <laughs> And what was amazing about this, though, um, Paul and Ben, is that she was really happy. Now, her sister had just died a few hours earlier, and she was in a good mood. I did take note of that. I just thought, that this is so weird, but this whole day has been so weird. And then when I got to the funeral home, you know, I had to take out coffins. And that in itself is a surreal experience because yeah, once you're in the room, isn't it? isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I had to do that for my brother. Yeah, I've done it a few times, but that first time, I mean, you're in there, and all of a sudden you realize, wait, they only saw one thing, coffins. And the looks of them is everything from Ikea to, like, eventually. So you have your choice. But my mom, what happened was, while I was in there, I heard my mom very clearly say, buy the pine, save money. My mother was very funny. I said that mm-hmm. her funeral was the funniest woman I ever met. And I thought, Mom, are you here? And I looked around some of the boxes, the coffins, didn't hear her. But sure enough, it, it, I could hear my mom so clearly telling me to save money on the casket. And uh, I did. I thought, well, she's dead. You know, what is she going to do? I'll buy the expensive one. And um, I heard her get very mad because she said I didn't save any money. And then I went to the funeral director, and you have to fill out all this information uh, for you know, for the records. And I couldn't remember what borough in New York my mother was born. And um, so I called my other aunt, and my uncle said he she died. And I said, I know mom's dad. What are you talking about, Uncle Jerry? And everybody should have an Uncle Jerry. And he said, no, no, not your mother, your Aunt Shirley. She just died. So apparently right after I spoke to her, she had a heart attack. They both died the same thing sudden heart attack. And I think the reason my aunt was happy was because she knew she was going to die and she was going to be with my mother. She didn't want to go by herself. Mm -hmm. And so she was with my mother. And there's no doubt. And and the thing that was amazing about that is I had been sitting on the edge of my chair when talking to the funeral director because I was just so upset. But when I heard that, all of a sudden I became, instead of emotional, incredibly rational. And I remember putting my hands on my chin, flipping back into the chair and thinking, I don't know why this happened, but I do know there's a reason for this. And if I just pay attention, I'll know what that is. And so I've been on this sort of journey for the last almost 15 years, interviewing people and writing down their experiences as well as mine about kindred spirit connections. You can write down ours. It might be it might be quite different from what you're used to hearing. But anyway, go ahead, Ben. There's another question you had there. Uh, yeah. Let me see here. Right, when uh, people start to experience this, uh, what steps should they take to be sure this is who they think it is or not a parasite or whatever you want to call it? It's something we run into all the time, something that, that is not what it appears to be, mm, no matter how good it feels. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Um, first things first is that intuition is very important in this. And, um, you know, with my mother, the, right, right after I saw her, my, my brother had died earlier, and we never saw his body. So there was always this feeling that perhaps 
it wasn't, I mean, I wasn't being realistic. It was more of a hope that maybe he was alive. But, you know, in fact, he had passed away. So it was very important to see my mother's body so that we all knew that she had really passed away. And afterwards, I went into the bathroom, and I don't know why people do this. I did it, but I put water on my face. I don't know why people always do that when something really shocking happens. You need to put water on your face. And I did that, even though it ruined my mascara. But I did that, and all of a sudden, I turned to this alcove, and I said, Mom, I just need to know that you're okay. I need a sign from you, something, anything, that just tells me that you're okay. And then all of a sudden, I felt it was kind of cold, and there was almost this mist. And it was big, it was huge, and it was mom. Nothing was said. But my mother had a very big personality, so when she was in the room, you knew it, she was in the room. And so by that, to answer your question, is I was using my instincts with that in that I could feel her, so I knew that that was her. Mm-hmm. And with other kindred spirits that I've had, that's what I've done. Like, who is this? I I had one that's pretty amazing with um, a friend of mine. Um, I run this writing this writing group and this website called The Writing Mamas. And this woman, Ruth, was um, a member for a long time. She was older. And I was in the car with my daughter, who was um, eight at the time. She's ten now. And I was singing to music, which I always do, which annoys her. But I always sing a lot <laughs> to rock music because I play the electric guitar. So, I, you know, I just have to do this. I rock out in the car. And I'm sure when she grows up, she'll talk to a therapist about it. But, um, <laughs> but, 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 but that's, what I, that's what I was doing. And all of a sudden I was singing, and then I very quietly just said, Ruth, Ruth Scott. And I felt Ruth's presence in Safeway. Safeway is the equivalent of any shopping center around the country. It's huge out here in California. Mm-hmm. And this was the Safeway that I go shopping at every day. And she, my daughter said, Mommy, is that, is that your friend from your class? And I said, yeah, yeah, it is. And all of a sudden, I looked around the parking lot. It was so intriguing. And everybody who was young was in black and white. And everybody who was older, about Ruth's age, was in color. And I thought, hmm. I'm driving, and I didn't crash. But I'm driving, and I'm thinking, this is very, very trippy. Okay, um, just, you know, go with it, whatever it is. And what it led me to was this man. And we ended up having, my daughter looked at his dog, and she loves animals, we talked to the dog. I ended up having about an hour and a half conversation with this man about her age, about the most interesting things in life. It was so deep and so amazing. Turns out he was a psychologist and asked me if I was a therapist. I said, no, I just had a lot of therapy. And we, and we just had such an intense conversation. And as I got back to the car, I thought he seemed familiar in some way because he kind of looked like Santa Claus. Hmm. And I thought he seemed familiar. I'm like, where? I know I've seen him before or something. And, but I thought it's not probably likely. And then I realized where I'd seen him. I was once walking downtown, and I broke my ankle while I was walking. It was a very odd thing. And um, this man behind me yelled out, stay where you are, I'll get my car. And um, I looked at him, and I said, well, she has ballet lessons about my daughter. And he said, no, that's a bad break. We need to take you to the hospital. I said, well, her teachers are really strict. And um, I ended up, and he just kind of looked at me, and then he left. But I realized that that was the guy. And someone had told me he was he must have been a doctor. And the more I thought of it, I went, that, wait, that was the guy, because he looked like Santa Claus and he had a barrel chest. And we disconnected. 
we connect. Ruth brought us together to have that very deep conversation, which was a very important conversation for me to learn with something about people. And then it turned out this was this guy who almost helped me if I had allowed it, but my daughter had a valid lesson to go to. So a long way of saying that a lot of it is instinct and is there a familiarity with this person, something that hits you on a visceral level. Yeah, I tend to and, agree uh, with that. Yeah, yes, it, it's uh, because it, it, I spent you know forty one years on this, and uh, of course all I had theological training in the beginning, and all, all the great mentors I had, big names, everybody sort of. I don't really believe in anything they taught me anymore. You know, and and you, you have to. There comes a point where you have to end the doubt and just accept it. I think uh, in a cautious and prudent manner you know, after you have, be, be, but I think it really does come down to your heart. Not your wishful thinking, but your heart. So I think I think uh, I think you're right. Oh yeah, I mean I've, I've experienced things, Paul, where I've I'm very I mean I think part of it maybe I think for me I can't speak for other people, but I've been meditating since um, I was about 16, and um, I remember I could have got a pair of fry boots that were really popular, and everybody was getting them. I thought I could either get transcendental meditation or I can get the boots. I thought the boots would be in style for two seasons. You know, TM, I will do for the rest of my life. And it turned out to be the best investment I ever made. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily do TM. I meditate more now. But, but I think because I, I've done it at such a young age, it really did help me, has helped me go deep a lot. And I do look at things and say, okay, is this really happening? Or am I imagining this? Or what is this exactly? The thing I told you about with Ruth, I had never had anything like that before. That was with black and white. It was like a movie almost. But it made me realize that you can see things in different ways if you're open to it. Oh, if yeah. If you're open right. to it. Well, uh, we'll have a break coming up here soon. I'll be notified of it when the time comes. But Oh, one minute. There we are. Okay, so, well, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'll hit you with my questions after the break. But uh just wanted to remind everybody, you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio, NewSkyRadio.com. Our guest this evening is Don Yoon, uh, author teacher, journalist, and we will be right back in just a moment to continue our discussion about kindred spirits. Stay with us. Join Mystic Radio with Rob and Alexis Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern and 12 noon Pacific as metaphysical mother and TV personality Robin Alexis helps countless people around the globe live fuller and more conscious lives. Robin serves you using her gifts as a medium, medical intuitive, past life reader, and more. Get your free on-air readings Wednesday at 3 Eastern and 12 noon Pacific right here on the sky. And check out Robin's Soul Spa at RobinAlexis.com. Enlighten, empower, enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New horizons, no boundaries. All day long, we're devoted to your emotional, physical, and spiritual well-being. With your direct connect to the stars, Lisa J. Smith, The Dr. Pat Show, Liz Souza, Barbara Mackey, Glynis McCants, The Wake Up Call, with L. Newman and Tom Force. Let us know how we're doing. 248-545-7685. Log on. NewSkyRadio.com. 24 hours a day. Your spiritual well-being is our concern. Awaken the extraordinary. Live the life you've imagined. Look up to the sky. 
CBS Radio's The New Sky. NewSkyRadio.com. New horizons, no boundaries. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. NewSkyRadio.com. And we are back with Dawn Yoon, our guest this evening. Her book, Kindred Spirit Connections, is a sign, not a coincidence. And her website, dawnyoon.com, D-A-W-N-Y-U-N.com. So, Dawn, I wanted to hit you with our point of view here and see what you think. Uh, maybe it uh, rings a bell, maybe not. Um, ben and I uh, uh, are great advocates of what we call multiverse living. Okay, We live our lives across many parallel worlds at the same time. And this was this was sort of done through meditation over many years and uh, Ben is a quick learner this way he's you know he's, he's in shamanic training right now very different from me um, my background was very uh, scholarly and took a long time to get into meditation and stuff um, we find that it creates a bigger life and gives you access to all kinds of information and experiences and one result is that we have completely lost any sense of loss now in the kindred spirits thing the way you started it reminded me of uh, I, I like the balance between kindred spirits uh, that we feel here uh, and then the ones we feel uh, afterwards, after the, the, the so-called death, which is something I don't even believe in. But uh, I, I like the balance that you sort of present on that. Uh, it reminds me of a story when I was speaking up at Mount Ida College near Boston one time. And to, it was funny. I always liked speaking at colleges because they, they uh, always put me in a big armchair at the end and the kids come up like they would tell me what they want for Christmas or something. You know? <laughs> and they'll tell me their paranormal stories and all this. And two, two young uh, girls came up. They were freshmen. And they said, why is it that when we happened to just spot each other across the crowded room on the day we were registering, we, we became sisters immediately? You know, and I said, well, in one part of space-time in the multiverse, you are sisters, or you are each other, literally. They, I, I, they didn't require one further word of explanation. They knew immediately what I was talking about. And I'm sure that that friendship will continue and, and go on into eternity. Now, an- another result of this is uh, my mother, Ben's grandmother, um, translated earlier this year. We don't use the term. We use the ancient term translate because the death just doesn't do it. Um, and uh, we know our English isn't good enough. We die or lost. I mean, this is meaningless. Anyway, she translated to what we believe is her nearest parallel life. And it was one of them very much that includes us in a place we know very well from our own meditations and stuff like this. It's perfectly physical. It's not some spiritual world. So it, it's, it's like it's not that she's here with us. So much we feel, but that we feel that we are there with her. Uh, Friday would have been her 96th birthday in this consciousness, and most people would say uh, the first birthday uh, you've been without her. People were calling uh, some of her old friends and saying, you know, as, as they were sad. We, we, we were very joyful. I mean, it was the first birthday that she wasn't with us since World War I, uh, but for me, it was a day of amazing joy. We felt her presence vividly, uh, again, where we are with her, uh, not, you know, so much as she's with us, and, and people listening to this show know what I'm talking about. Um, uh, but it was certainly a lot more joyful than when we used to, you know, have a cake at the nursing home. You know? And uh, so they haven't locked me up yet. So what say you about that point of view? Like, it's not so much that they're with us as we're with them. I don't, it doesn't sound, I don't know. What do you think? I really like that point of view. Um, I think that we get so much, uh, we paint ourselves into corners. 
all the time. And we want something to be black and white. And I'm, it, it resonates with me what you're saying because I remember when, uh, when my mom died, I was in this intense grief. I mean, really deep, deep grief. It's so much so that where I worked, uh, as I passed, people would press themselves against the walls, lest my grief, my sadness rub off on them. And I was kind of aware of this, sort of like the power that I had that, but that, but that also was, I was at the same time in this protective bubble. And I remember, uh, the woman who was my grief counselor was fabulous. And she started talking about parallel universes. And really? I was like, well, yeah. And I, I just said, oh, wait, I can't even deal with this universe. Let me deal with another one. <laughs> and, uh, please. But it did stay with me. And, um, I think it's definitely true because my, best friends, when you were talking about the sisters, um, my best friend at 11 is my best friend today. And we, from the moment we met, we talked about how we would always be friends. Mm-hmm. And we are. And she's yeah. my, my daughter's godmother and everything. We just know things and can feel things and, and so forth. And we would talk about that. I mean, when I had talked with the grief counselor, it had been a long time since we had talked about parallel universes, different lives at different times and so forth. And so it was a little too much for me at that moment. But it still touched me. And I definitely believe that, and I really love the way that you, um, the way that you talk about your passing of, of your mother and your grandmother, because it's really not so much like like you're you're with her, you're following her. It's not so much that that she's over here and that you're grieving her. You're you're experiencing her where she is. Yeah, exactly. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, you're experiencing her where she is, and that's so expanding I think we get so damn earthbound mm-hmm. you know we get so earthly and I'm as guilty as anybody believe me I mean I still that's a natural thing we're but not very evolved we you know it's kind of interesting we get we can get involved but we de-evolve de- very rapidly mm-hmm. and yeah, I think the thing is, you know and I yeah and I think the thing is is to kind of stay with your thought and not and not go with that, not go with that other stuff, that negative stuff when, when people are talking about this. And, you know, when I tell the other part of my, my story, which I guess is kind of, you would appreciate this, Paul, kind of the news book of this, if you will, is that my mother and my aunt died on the same day. And a year and a half, about a year and a half later, my nephews were born on the same day. Hmm. Um, 7-7. Neither were, it wasn't expected. Neither were expected the death nor the birth um, on the same day. But it kind of made, showed me very vividly, um, however you want to call it, you know, life and death or, um, you know, translation, however you want it, whatever, however you want to refer to it. But there are cycles. You know, there are things that you go through and that you move through. And I think it's, to me, I think it's very limiting to just think this is it. Oh, absolutely. Like, why, why would you want to think that? Like, what, what's, in, what's in it for doing that? Like, what would be the point of that? Well, <laughs> excuse me. I'm thinking of the grief counselors as well because uh, before uh, my mother translated, she was in uh, hospice care uh, in the nursing home. But it was a very nice place it was nearby. We saw her every day. It was great. And she had her her uh, her wits about her uh, all the way along. And it was uh, you know it wasn't as if she deteriorated. It was very quick and, and uh, very very peaceful. But in the um, in the aftermath, the grief counselors were calling me. And uh, I said, you know, and I, w- with the greatest respect to that profession, I know they, they fill a very important role, and uh, especially in times when people 
are not necessarily sure of their belief system. Okay, a lot of people anyway, and uh, but and they were after me for months and months, and I said, you know, grief causing. I feel an expanded sense of life. You know, I feel mm-hmm. gr- great joy as she does, and, and I, you know, I, and she assured me in many ways that everything was handled as she would have wanted it. And because naturally we discussed it beforehand, but uh, it's a very small family, and and uh, anyway, but all, all seemed to be to be well, and uh, they, they were. Remember, I invited uh, one or two of them on this show. And uh, to have uh, one or two of them, uh, in your experience, mention the, the or one mention the the multiverse. I thought that's uh, parallel worlds. I think that's a uh, pretty progressive, shall we say, in part of it. But uh, anyway, th- that was our experience, and uh, certainly seems to be a, a joyful thing. Uh, now, Ben, did you have any questions here? I'm, I'm running all over the show. Uh, no, no, I'll, I'll let you know if you want to think of one. Okay, we uh, always stress, however, the dangers of of, of Forced communication. Oh, I didn't know we were going to ask those kind of questions. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I was going to ask that. Okay, okay no, good. No. All right. So, have you ever you have you ever run into trouble with Ouija boards or seances? Do you condone them? Condemn them? How do you feel about them? How do I feel about a Ouija board? Yeah, or seances or whatever. Well, you know, it's funny you said that because um, my daughter's my two kids, but my youngest is ten, and. Um, she mentioned a Ouija board the other day, and it reminded me so much of my mother and her friends, like in the 70s, when they would, you know, they would drink and <laughs> they would, um, you know, and they would uh, do Ouija boards. Oh, dear. So <laughs> well, you know, they didn't have much to do in those days, you know. It was like, it was just before, you know, they started getting jobs and everything, and they were kind of bored, and they would drink and gossip and do Ouija boards and stuff, and, and look for movie stars. I remember that. Because Paul Newman lived, lived, like, in the next town, so they'd have any days for the kids, and they would go out and look for uh, Paul Newman. And, and then they'd go, go to, like, Baskin-Robbins in Misery because they didn't find him. And, um, <laughs> but I, I just started thinking about Ouija boards just recently. That's why Tony mentioned that, that I, would, I haven't used one in years. And I thought I'd like to just try it and see. But I, I agree. I, th- I think that that can be dangerous because I think that could be self-fulfilling. That's, um, you know, you're starting out with that. Like, I, I just don't know about that. I, I just don't know about if that works or not. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. You know, I'm not um, a psychic. People have said to me, the things you've had, you're psychic. And no, I'm, I'm really not. I mean, I wish I were. You probably could make a lot of money doing, a, doing these psychic <laughs> things. And, it, and it's so crazy. You don't have to really be responsible. Yeah, you know, your life's going to change. You're going to make a lot of money. You're going to meet somebody. You're sad now. Things are getting better. Well, that yeah, all okay, kind of bothers me. Well, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you, Dawn, what we, and this is one thing we do, we work very differently. It's funny, when, you know, he's, he's hardly a carbon, carbon copy of his father, but one, one thing that I do, certainly, and this started in the, uh, really, uh, in the beginning, in the 1970s, and I never talked about it because I, well, I got in trouble in the seminary as it was for this, but uh, had I ever told them there was any communication going on, holy mackerel, that would have been it faster than it was. But I, I was always very wary of um well i worked with ed lorraine warren who is not they're not all that familiar on the west coast but but here they uh oh, what is, so, excuse me what is the name again uh, ed and lorraine warren yeah uh, so, yeah so sort of the, the the grandparents of modern ghost hunting if you want to uh, it's a term i hate but and they they didn't use the term either anyway they, they uh when i first met them in uh i believe it was like 72 or 73 they were using seances routinely because lorraine was a psychic and uh, I, I like to think that I talked them out of it. At least they said I did, because they said, "Funny you should say," it because uh, very often things would get worse. Uh, 
or uh, there would be uh, could not really trust what was being said. And I said, well, duh, yeah. I mean, you don't know what you're talking to. I always compare it with, you, okay, I, I figure the, the parallel words are like a neighborhood, right? And you get to people in the house, you know, and some are aware of their neighbors, some know their neighbors, some don't, some don't even know there are neighbors, at least they act that way. And if you take it, you want to meet your neighbor, you take a bulldozer and knock down the front wall, uh, that's not the way to do it. You, you know, 20 guys can come out with shotguns and come after you. You don't know. But if you uh, simply uh, wait for an opportunity, meet halfway, and maybe in the yard, say hello, how are you doing? That's the way I communicate. We, and to me, Ouija boards and seances are, are the bulldozer. And uh, in, in the, some of the most interesting cases I've had, I just sit there in a meditative state and, and do that. Uh, and communication sometimes occurs if the person in the parallel world speaks English or some language I know. And that's, sometimes that's not the case. But it might not even be a human species. It might be a parasite, which is a, you know what folklore refers to as demons. So we run into that as well. But in any case, I think uh, great caution is required, even if one thinks it's a kindred spirit. But as you say, I think intuition really does have to uh, make the final decision. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you, you know, you said something earlier about the science. You know, people want science. Somebody said that to me early on. Well, you've got to do this scientifically and do that. And, you know, I, I, my point of view is the same thing that Elizabeth Kubler-Ross had. When I went to that first grief counselor, she kept mentioning somebody named Elizabeth. And frankly, I really just wanted to talk about my grief. I didn't, I didn't really want to talk about somebody else. I really needed to talk about this about what was going on. But then one day, my curiosity was piqued, and I said, so who's Elizabeth? And she said, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, she's my yeah. mentor. And her she mentor, was her, really? A great expert yeah. Yeah, she was her mentor, and she was also her baby. She babysat Elizabeth Trent, too. Really? They knew each other in Chicago. Yeah, it was huh. a deeper relationship than just that. So I, the same thing, I put my hands on my chin, and I just thought, I'm going to interview her. And I did. I got to, it took a year of a nagging gale, but I did get to uh, get the interview and went to Scottsdale, Arizona, and there was a little teepee in the sand with, the, with a little sign that said Elizabeth. I thought, only Elizabeth. And we do that. And um, it was, her, her place was entirely enclosed with a gate. It was like this 17-foot-long gate, and it was locked. And I thought, well, I didn't come from San Francisco all the way to Scottsdale, Arizona, not to get the interview. And I climbed the gate and mm. uh, jumped down into the mud, walked in, and she yelled at me. And I thought, well, how am I going to deal with her? And then I thought, well, she's kind of like my cranky relative, my Aunt Shirley. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> this this will be okay. And we got along really, really well. And she told me her kindred spirit connection, which was really amazing. And her thing was, because she was a doctor, people were upset with her because she wasn't putting science behind it because she was a scientist. She was a doctor. Yeah, oh, yeah. She, very respected one. Yeah, exactly. But she made a decision after she had this kindred spirit connection that she didn't need to do the science because she said, I know what I saw, I know what I felt, this is real to me, and that's all I need. So she never did. The knock against her was always the science part, but she felt that wasn't important. And I feel the same way she does. I do, do, do too. Do you really? Yeah? Oh, yeah. Well, well, you know, for years, because as I say, my background is very scholarly or academic or whatever for what that's worth. You know, the science only takes you so far. I mean, science uh, can be 
just as exclusive as a religion can. I don't see any problem between so-called science and religion, but I don't think either is quite up to the job of explaining reality. And uh, that, that, that's a real problem. But, I mean, science is essentially, uh, Western science anyway, is based on the scientific method, which is essentially assuming that everything is made of matter. And it's, uh, it's based on, uh, you know, 18th century uh, scientific materialism. And, and wh- where, does that, where is that going to take you now? I mean, transpersonal psychology, quantum physics has blown all that out of the water. And to, tr- to try and make a square peg fit a round hole, as a lot of the uh, quote-unquote ghost hunters do, uh, even the, the ones with the best of intentions, is ludicrous. And as I say, I think maybe it's just going to make me any older, uh, maybe Ben feels differently, I don't know. But it, it's a matter of just, there comes a point where you just have to not only accept it, but use it. And the experience is good because you, I, I like to think it tells you what to avoid and, and, and what to embrace. So that, that's essentially, oh. I, I essentially agree. I absolutely agree with that. And, you know, I mean, I think, I mean, loved ones are always around. I mean, my mom is gave me advice, um, not always asked for when she was here. And um, now that wherever else she may be, she still gives me advice. I mean, yeah. she's always in my ear. Um, again, unsolicited. <laughs> and, um, but it's very reassuring. You know, okay. it's incredibly reassuring. And, and it's, it's a very good thing. And even though... Uh, she died before she got to meet any of her, which is sad, um, her um, grandchildren, she has met them because she's very much around. And my, my daughter has met her before. Mm-hmm. Kids are very, kids are so much more open about these things. Oh, tell me than, about uh, Okay, I'll tell you. Uh, kids, <laughs> are, <laughs> kids are a lot more open about these things because they don't have this nervousness. A lot of people, when I tell them my story, they, they do want to hear it. Like there's something in it that appeals to them on a visceral level. And I've also seen people give me not double looks, triple looks mm-hmm. when I've told them. And I, don't, I have no compunction telling anybody. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, even if I think somebody's going to think it's weird, I'll put it out there anyways because you never know. Okay. It may appeal to them and it may touch them in some way and it may help them too. Okay, well, we're coming up really on Okay, we're coming up on another break. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, but we will be right back on Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio, NewSkyRadio.com, with our guest, Dawn Yoon. And I have a question that I'm going to ask, so stay with us. Rain, rain on my face Hasn't stopped raining for days my world is a flood Slowly I become One with the mud But if I can swim After 40 days And my mind is crushed By the crashing waves of fear So high that I cannot Fall to be alone Sky all around Can't feel 
feel my feet touching the ground. But if I can't swim at the forty days in my mind is crushed by the crashing waves that feel so high that I cannot fall and feel alone. Lift me up when I'm falling. Lift me up, we can CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. And we are back with our delightful guest, On Yun. And we're going to ask a question here that uh, sometimes you don't hear very often. Now, Dawn, what's your opinion of the idea that, and we tell this to people sometimes, that sometimes it's just time to say goodbye. I mean, it's, it's sometimes I mean, it's not all families get along all that well, and it might not even be that. I mean, people may have, you know, in our lingo, uh, you know, moving on to a world where, where, where they have other things to do. Um, mm-hmm. what, what? And people will often complain to us, "How come so and so has all this contact, and I haven't heard a, wh- a whisper?" I mean, you know, it, what, what say you about all that? Well, there are a couple of different points running in there. Um, First of it is that, you know, letting other people move on. You know, you do need to let your loved ones move on. But I feel like your loved ones are there when you need them. Conversely, your loved ones may not be ready to go. So they may still need you. And maybe it's something where you want to move on. But you are kindred spirits. So you help each other, and just like it, but just like in life, and I think this is really important, you have to edit. And I don't mean in the writing sense. I mean sometimes we have to edit people in our lives, and it, it's for different reasons. We may have moved on from them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, they may not be uh, benefiting us anymore. We may not be helpful for them, whatever the reason might be. And, again, that's where your instinct comes in. The same may be true of, of your loved ones uh, who have moved on they need to move further on. And um, there comes a point, just like when you have to stand on your own, you, you're 18, you know, you're either living at home or not, but let's say there comes a point when you're 25 and it's time for you to move on and leave the house and go on your own. I think the same is true for our loved ones. But there also can be a thing where it's mutual. 
they love being here for us and we love being here for them. So, but I think holding people back because of insecurity, it's understandable for a period of time, but then I think you need to let them move on so that you can move on. Mm-hmm. Because they've, they've given you their help, they've given you their wisdom. Yeah. You can make it. They're always there when you need them. But you can do it. You can do it on your own. It's funny, this relationship with my mother is, is very undemanding. It's very free and open, as we might say today. Uh, and there are no demands being made. It's 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 not as if there's any sort of dependence uh, or anything else. Now, now now that leads me into the next thing. Do you ever deal with? And, and this comes up all the time on the show, as you can imagine, leading people into the light. And now, because we don't approach it in that spiritualist manner, and as a matter of fact, I, I've had we have photographs of this what we believe is this light. And in our in our opinion, it's got every sign of being the electromagnetic boundaries between parallel worlds. So. And I and we really get nervous, and I know you don't get it. You're not a medium, really, but when people of of that kind, mediums and even psychics, will try to lead people to the light, so you could be leading them. You don't know what's on the other side of that boundary. Could be could be a hell kind of a world. You don't want to, you know. So and then they just they don't they don't hear from them again, and they say, aha, well we led them into the light and in heaven, and you know, I mean, good lord, talk about a reckless and dangerous thing to do. I mean, that's yeah. our. Did you run into that sort of thing? People trying to do well, that. Well, I'm, I'm not. Yes. Well, I live in Northern California. Well, that's true. <laughs> <Yeah>. Enough said. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's it's, we don't love you know, California. They're the most enthusiastic a, audiences out there. It's the woo capital of the world. But you know, I, I'm from the East Coast, so I'm, even though I live out here, I'll always be from the East Coast. That's right. But you no, know, this is the woo capital of the world. Um, having you know said that, um, I, I think I do take sort of this East Coast point of view about things of, of prove it. That sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. But I also know I also know what I feel. But as far as the psychics and things like that, I mean, you know, there's so much. There's just so much for so much money. <laughs> you know, he'll get yeah, there for exactly. a certain point and then it costs Bothers more. Me. Yeah. Yeah, and I just, you know, you know, if you go to the therapist or something like that, they're trained. That's different. They still can be insane. You know, there's no guarantee. But at least you know they've taken, they've had some training. With this one, anybody can say they're a psychic, and I do, I'm not saying they're all bad, okay, I, just for me, I don't use psychics, I know people who absolutely do, and they, and they believe them, and they're very important to them, and that's great, if that's what you believe in, but as far as what you're talking about, I think there's a real responsibility there, you have to be very careful, because people are very vulnerable, particularly after they've lost somebody, and they're looking for some kind of connection. Yeah, very sensible, so, yeah. Yeah, so bringing them, to, I mean, you could do a lot of harm. You've got to be very careful. And, and I think people have to be protective of themselves and not look so much for a psychic to make that connection for them, but to look within to try to find that connection mm-hmm. or to get with groups of people who maybe have experienced something similar in terms of loss and so forth and talk about it. And I think that can be a lot more beneficial because you're, those people know exactly what you're going through. And it takes a long time. I mean, I've dealt with so many passings at this point. I'm an expert. But, you know, when it's new, it's, it's you know, it's painful. Yeah. Well, I wanted to ask you, too, uh, after, after we have another break coming up kind of quickly here, but uh, we wanted to ask you a little bit about experiences of other people, things people have related to you when you've dealt with them on these subjects. But in any case, we are, what? I'm just pointing that out. Okay. What? Now, don't worry about we, it. We are working on our communication here. Anyway, wanted to um, 
just say you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio, NewSkyRadio.com. We'll be right back with our guest, Don Yun. Stay with us. Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248 545 Soul. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. Welcome back to Behind the Paranormal. And uh, with Paul and Ben Eno, we are talking to our wonderful guest, Don Yun. And there is. Or Yun, sorry. There is. Uh, there, there's never enough time to go over everything. So let's move on to our next question. Okay, just very quickly, Don, I wanted to ask you about other stories that people who you've dealt with have told you about their experiences with kindred spirits, uh, whether here or there. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Um, one is um, uh, a friend of a friend. 
and her husband died of a brain aneurysm. And she just had a little girl, and they, she didn't know how she was going to afford her house in San Francisco. And every day she would get bills, and she'd throw them in a basket and then in the morning, and then at night she'd figure out what she could pay. And she really just didn't know what to do anymore. And one day she was sitting in her living room, and I said, you, you know, she explained to me exactly how this happened. And I was sitting in the living room with her, and she said um, her husband, all of us, she saw her husband outside the door, and then the next thing she knew, he was standing right next to her inside the living room. And he just said to her that life is going to get better and that he will always be there for her. And she said, but it's so hard. You always help me with all this, and I, I can't do this by myself. And he said, you can. You're really strong, and you, you can do this. But just remember, I'll always be there for you. And she ended up putting in, like, an entire backyard and having this kind of strength that you wouldn't believe. Hmm. She did meet somebody else, and she got married, and, and things did work out. And, in fact, she still, you know, will refer to him when she needs him. Another one, which sometimes the stories I think that are most touching are really the, the simplest ones. There was a, uh, uh, he's about 19, a boyfriend and a girlfriend, both 19. He was a motocross racer. And a very quiet guy. He just loved his girlfriend, and he loved motocross racing, and he didn't talk a lot, which sometimes bothered her. And so she loved him, but she said, but she always said, I wish you would tell me that you love me, and I wish you would know whenever there's a holiday, like Valentine's Day or my birthday, you would have a card. Well, he died in a um, freak accident, the motocross racing. And later she was going through his draws, and she just wanted to feel him and feel his T-shirts and his scent. And she put her hand underneath to pull out one of his T-shirts, and she felt something in there, and she pulled it out and opened it with an envelope. And from the top left to the bottom right is filled with words of love of oh. how much this girl meant to him. And what was so amazing about this is he bought this right before Valentine's Day. Hmm. Sometimes people have, and I, I definitely, from all the people I've interviewed, I, 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 some people, that's part of the kindred spirit connections. It happens before, after, during uh, a loved one's passing. And I asked Ron Doss that. I interviewed him for an article, and I said, do people know before they die? Do they have an inkling of it? And he said, yes, they do. That's just Ron Doss's opinion, but, you know, I do respect what he has to say. But oh, well, yeah. that makes sense to me. Do you believe that? Oh, absolutely, yeah. A lot of people do. I mean, I've, I've seen it. You've seen it. You know, people know. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, okay. So, uh, well, no, 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 go ahead. No, no. I mean, that's, that's just uh, two examples of one where people always want some of, like, really, like, amazing ones where you actually see somebody. And in this instance, she did. She saw her husband. He was right there. And I was in her living room, and she explained exactly. I said, did he yeah. walk in through the door? And she said, no, he just, he was outside the door, and then he was inside. He was just in and out. And then with this other one, it's a very small one, but it's just equally as touching. I mean, it meant so much for his girlfriend, too. To know that he knew and he left us behind for her. Yeah, that's magnificent. It reminds me uh, of the, the, these sort of physical things. Ben, it reminds me of the forty-one signs of hope. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a very good friend of ours, uh, Dave Kane from uh, New England, here wrote a book called Forty-One Signs of Hope. And uh, a lot of people, I'm sure, remember in the news the uh, 2003 nightclub fire in Rhode Island that killed 100 people. Uh, yeah, terrible, I that. terrible event. And it was uh, one of the. This was the youngest victim. 
and he uh, was uh, apparently uh, overcome by the smoke and, and, and uh, you know, translated after, after this. But he remained in touch with his family and has to this day, by, apparently by means of the number 41, which was his favorite number for some reason ever since he was a baby. There's a really old picture of him with a ball cap. He's about two years old and says 41 on it. I don't know what it meant, but uh, that was the big one. No, no, no. That was a video they had. They didn't even know they took it. And it was just him as a baby, and he was wearing a hat that said 41 on it. Yeah, right. So, uh, and, and actually, uh, a local uh, movie has been made about the, the situation, too, this uh, amazing ongoing contact. But the there are physical exchanges that go on. Not only the number, uh, oh, we got three minutes. But anyway, it, well, for example, they'll be walking along the, his parents and find something drawn that was not there before, like be on the floor, and there'll be a, a picture of of uh, something that means something to them with the number 41. And things like this occur not only to his family, but even to his friends. And, and uh, I even had one or two things happen here. For example, we our family published the book. We, we were in the book business uh, for a while, and we actually published the book, the initial Cop, the, the initial edition of it, and I edited it myself, and it came out to forty-one chapters. Just and that was not planned. Are you oh yeah, yeah. I oh, called wow. this. You're not going to believe this. You know, we just finished editing. It's forty-one chapters. So, uh, but in any case, we're going to have to end this. I'm sorry to say, and we will continue. Uh, we are kindred spirits, I'm sure, and uh, we will continue with uh, future shows with, with Don Yun and Don. You've been wonderful, and, and thank you. Uh, and we'll look forward to future shows with you. Thank you both for having me. I appreciate it. Okay, great. You're welcome. Okay, Dawn Yun, folks. Uh, that's um, someone you should check out, dawnyun.com. Dawn with a Y-U-N, and we'll uh, have her back soon. Okay, we have no time for any emails tonight. I will just say that if you live in southeastern New England, Ben and I are teaching a course at Learning Connection in Providence, Rhode Island, Exploring the Paranormal. Uh, it began last week, but the next session uh, starts on Saturday, February 11th from 1 to 3 p.m., five weeks, including two field trips. Uh, to um, will sites to be determined www.southcoastlearning.org also check out Barnes & Noble Nook e-reader and Kindle you can find uh, four of my books including uh, my history of Rhode Island which may be of complete disinterest to this audience but it's there anyway and the website's of course behindtheparanormal.com so many thanks to our producer Will Kosnick and we'll see you next Sunday November 20th for a very special show, my dad and I will welcome Edwin Fur- uh, Furrier, right? Quite- well, Fuhrer, I believe. Fuhrer, Fuhrer. Okay, never mind. Uh, eyewitness to the Len- uh, Lengenberg. Langenberg. Langenberg. <laughs> Sorry. UFO landings in Western Canada in 1974. This will be his first international media appearance since the 1970s. In the meantime, tune into our New England Drive Time Show on WON twelve forty AM and OWNWorldwide.com at six PM Eastern Eastern Time every Monday. You can always get free podcasts of all our shows. We have over three hundred shows now. And uh that'll include show schedules and guest information at www.behindtheparanormal.com. And we'll leave you with a thought uh, from the great old American folk artist Grandma Moses, who was from New York State, I believe. Life is what we make it. Always has been, always will be. And thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we will see you next time.